All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Outside the Barn. I say the final episode of the 2022-2023 season. Um, I say, you know, probably not the, the greatest season. We can all be honest, but you know what, fellas, let's go ahead and get into it today. We owe the people, you know, some conversations, some talk about the season. So let's tip things off. Blake, Trev, first off, how we feeling today? How's everything going, man? It's, it's March Madness. The Gophers aren't in it, but... I mean, it still kind of feels good, right? It's kind of basketball season, March Madness time. Yeah, I think this is my favorite time of the year. I mean, the Thursday and Friday of March Madness is always special. Uh, filling out the bracket, watching games nonstop, seeing buzzer beaters. I mean, it's, uh, you know, not not better times. I obviously wish the uh, Gophers could have made it to the dance and had a little bit of season, but obviously uh, the only way is to go up for next year. So, um it's kind of good. Get this season over with. We want to forget about it. Move on to next year and watch the rest of March Madness. Yeah, I'm excited to get going. Watch the the tournament. My bracket's already busted, pretty much. I think Arizona had them going to the Final Four. Virginia probably pretty deep too. So, but other than that, I'm excited to watch the games and uh, to see who you know who comes out on top. Y'all think the, y'all think the Big Ten gonna do anything this year, man? Like we gotta talk about it, right? Like. What like what's going on? Like why does the Big Ten never really do much in the tournament? Why aren't we successful? I mean, I'm a guard. I was a guard, but I just think, unfortunately, come tourney time, guards are crucial. Not that bigs aren't, but guards are crucial. And generally, the teams that are experienced from a guard position, handling pressures, handling pressure, not turning over the ball. Those are the teams that tend to do well and not say the Big Ten never has guards, but I would say generally speaking, the Big Ten's more geared towards bigs and and you know, power forwards and you know, high lows, things like that. So it's just a different style of play, um, you know, than uh than than the Big Ten season. That's kind of my thought. So I always try to pick teams to win it that have good guard play. That makes sense. Uh, agreed. I think that's what it is, too. I think for the first time in the last few years, too, I've seen like a lot of teams with different identities. I think a lot of times when we get to the tournament, we, we see teams who press for the first time or play certain types of ways and like, we're not really accustomed to doing. So just seeing like, you know, the Maryland's and the Rutgers starting to press more, like kind of give us different like looks than we're accustomed to. Because a lot of teams, you know, when we're in there, everybody, you know, whoever's the biggest, the strongest, you know, have a couple shooters and some good guards. But everybody knew for the most part, we all play the same. Some teams slowed it down like a Northwestern, Wisconsin, but some teams just try to get out and do as much as possible. So I think now, hopefully, you know, we're seeing a little bit different uh, team identities, which might help us moving forward also. I mean, I think we talked about this in another podcast, but I was doing this trivia with, with some buddies of mine the other day. But do you guys remember the last time a Big Ten team won the national championship? Yeah, it's 2000, right? You 2000 said? Michigan State. I mean, that's to be a conference like ours and not win one in 20. Three years, that's that's pretty rough. Twenty two years. Well, that's uh, so, that's the thing. It's like when we when we say a conference like ours is like maybe it's just us telling ourselves we're really good. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, are we really that great? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. That might be a a conversation. I think historically a speaking, this is just me. I think we're the Big Ten has always been deep, meaning like a lot of good teams, but unfortunately. Every so often, you know, you know, we get a top four team. You know, this year we got Purdue, right, the number one. But, like, even this year, like, no one really knows. That's why everyone's filling out a bracket. It's kind of like, I don't know who's going to win. 
We've never had that team in the Big Ten for a long time. And if we did, they ended up losing. But that team that's just like, oh, they're no more in the country. No one's going to touch them. You know, the back in the day, North Carolinas, the Dukes, you know, teams like that, that just ran away with it. The Louisville back in like 2008 or nine, whenever it was, uh, the Big Ten just doesn't have, hasn't had a team like that in a long time. But we've always been deep. We've had a lot of teams go in that I shouldn't say we shouldn't have gotten in or the team shouldn't have gotten in. We've just been, we've had good teams. We just haven't had that many great teams recently. Agree. Agree, man. The last team I could think of probably was maybe the Ohio State team who they're like top five for most of the season with Kraft and Sullinger. Uh, maybe Indiana, you say, was Zeller and Cody. They were one seed, right? Really? The Illinois team with the three-headed monsters with Darren Williams and Luther Hale. Yeah. But that was in 2005. <laughs> that team's the one, though. That might be my favorite Big Ten team of all time. Not mine, too. Yeah. Luther Ed. <laughs> D. Brown. Man, they were... That were the real deal. For sure. All right, man. Well, enough about Big Ten. Let's move on to Gopher Talk. So <sighs> let's go through the X's and O's of the season, man. Let's let's let us let us keep it short, man. Let's let's just get right to the point. I'm gonna open it up with you, Trev. Um, what's your overall thoughts on the Gopher season and Dan Johnson era, you know, second season? Um, obviously it was a tough year. Um, we all saw that. I felt bad for the players, for the coaches, because I know they put the work in. You know, there's, the results just weren't there. And it's going to be a tough offseason. We've already lost a couple with Jamison Battle, Trey Tompkins. Uh, Cooper is leaving. Uh, Henley, we lost him already, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team looks like moving forward. But, hey, at the end of the day, we can't do any worse than we did this year. And it's only up from here. Um, I think it's going to be a big season for a lot of people. I think it's a proven year for a lot of people. So that, that gets me excited because I know all these guys are, you know, hungry. I know Pharrell's going to come back hungry. I know Brady's going to come back hungry. Uh, you got Parker coming in now with Isaiah coming back. So, like, you have a group of guys who, you know, want to make up for this year. So I think the future is still bright. And um, But it was a tough year, and I think this is a learning experience for everybody involved. Yeah, I, would, uh, I agree with Trev. I mean, the good news is we got a lot of freshmen coming back. Obviously, we lost one with Henley, but we got a lot of freshmen co coming back that played a lot of minutes this year. Uh, bad news is we were losing a couple of our kind of better players, um, Intelon Cooper and uh, Jamison Battle. But, you know, we got guys coming up. We got young guys. We got a couple guys coming in next year as, as going to be freshmen. And, you know, I would just, you know, think, and I haven't talked to Coach Johnson at all, but my – I would like them to see dipping in the transfer portal here. I know everyone wants to say, hey, let's get some freshmen in. And getting last-minute freshmen like, the, you know, at, 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 in springtime is always tough. I mean, either you, you got to get someone to pull out of their commitment, you know, kind of like what happened with Evans and us, but get someone to pull out of their commitment somewhere else to come here. Or, you know, we got to tap into that transfer portal and maybe snag a couple of players that maybe you were at top programs that just didn't play a ton or were unhappy snag a couple of those people or snag people that were studs on, you know, I don't want to say, you know, mid-tier, but mid-tier D1 programs, similar to like a battle, you know, to come in and, and be a stud with experience. So I'm hope I'm hoping they 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 tap into that transfer portal a little bit because we need to get some help. We all know that. Completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I second everything y'all said. It wasn't the best season. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us were happy with it. Um, I can't remember. I think Trev picked him to finish like top three. Um, no, I, I, I won this. I won this bet. Oh, no. I can't. Wait. Whatever you guys are going to get me, man. I I just excited. 
No, we got to put an asterisk. That's why this season has an asterisk by it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. I might, I'll be honest, I might have put the highest prediction out there. I don't know. I don't know what got into us at the beginning of the year, but obviously we were very optimistic during that time. But uh, no, it was was definitely disappointing. Um, But at the end of the day, I think they, it's only going to make them stronger, right? Like it's battle scars at the end of the day. Like they've gone through it. Like guys like Ola Joseph, um, Pharrell Payne, um, you know, Carrington got a few reps in there, but like, Dawson even tasting a lot of defeat, right? Someone who prides himself around Minnesota too. Like, I think at the end of the day, that stuff, it makes you stronger, right? So, like, that's going to be what I look to, right? You know, Ben Johnson needs to remind them, needs to remind them in this record every day. Like, I'm talking, I put it on the locker room, like, all summer, every offseason, right? 6 a.m. workouts, 7 a.m. workouts. Like, put those rankings up there, you know, kind of remind them where you're at, where you want to get to. Um, it was obviously disappointing. You know, I remember the Ohio State game. We thought that was a big win, but obviously Ohio State, you know, they weren't the best either. But at the end of the day, you know, it was good to see them rally during that time. And you just know how excited we were, though? The excitement we on that podcast. We were so The season was turning around. Yeah, that was a surprise. It was a surprise. Let's all be honest, Trev said it. I mean, you know, Ben Johnson, the players, they all, they didn't give up, right? Obviously, we were talking about, hey, let's get better each and every day, but they didn't give up. They were playing better basketball towards the end of the Big Ten tournament a little bit. Maryland was obviously a tough matchup for us, but they were getting better. They didn't they didn't quit, um, you know, so we can't get on them for that. Obviously, we just need to change the team a little bit next year, get some guys a little better throughout the offseason, and, um, you know, try to stay positive as much as possible because I, I will say – the state of Gopher Nation is is not not positive right now from a basketball perspective. So with Lindsey Whalen, you know, leaving the women's program, but then from the guy, you know, men's program and everything that's gone on, it's people aren't optimistic in Minneapolis about the Gophers. So we got to uh, somehow try to stay positive and hopefully get some good news with some commitments and, and people in the transfer portal this summer. Yeah, hundred percent. Gopher Nation is not happy with what's going on right now, obviously, but. You know, at the end of the day, I keep thinking back to like the conversation we all had with Parker and Isaiah, right? And Tony's and Isaiah, you know, kind of calling Ben Johnson like a player's coach. And like, I think we've talked about it a lot throughout, you know, this season of episodes as well, where, you know, we got to go get someone in the transfer portal. We got to go get someone that's going to hit. But like at the end of the day right now, I'm willing to bet on like a coach like Ben versus a lot of these other coaches who like, you know, you see like Bayheims and some of these old school coaches, they're leaving. They're getting out the game. I think it's because they don't understand how to relate to this player in this day and age. And so I do think Ben has that to his advantage. I think he has to hit on some of these, you know, transfers as well, obviously, because at the end of the day, skill is going to be out there and production is going to, you know, be a direct correlation of it. But as far as the right guy for the job to, like, develop kids in, like, 2023, right, like the social media type here, everything that's revolving around it, it just seems like Ben is that guy. So, I'm still trusting in that process for sure. But at the end of the day, man, we gotta, we definitely got to hit in the transfer portal as well as, you know, these next recruits coming in. And, like, we had the conversation with Cam Christie. I think we all can agree he's pretty ready to come in and compete right away too. So I think that leads us into our next segment, man. It, it goes right into the scouting report. So let's, let's just jump right into it. The scouting report, I think the question is simple. We all kind of alluded to it already, but, you know, what does this team need to look like next year um, to compete in the Big Ten? I think we know what we have. 
you know, but we talk about like hitting in a transfer portal, maybe kind of let's go deeper into that. I'll start with you, Blake, but like what type of players does this roster need to get to actually compete? I mean, first and foremost, I think we got to get a point guard. Obviously with Talon Cooper, he played a ton of minutes this year, handled the rock. He's gone. We don't really have that many guards on the team that are true point guards. So we need a true point guard. We need someone that can control the tempo of the game, facilitate, score a little bit, but also get the guys involved in the game. You know, get Dawson Garcia going. I mean, quite honestly, we need a big year from Dawson next year with with Battle being gone and, you know, a big year with Enid and Ed Parker as well. But, you know, Dawson Garcia had a good year this year, but he's got to have a great year next year. I mean, I think it's his 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 year, his team next year. But in order to get him going, I think, and get the team going, you know, we saw it this year. I think we could have used the point guard this year as well, you know, with Talon Cooper. We needed just some more guards, guard handling, ball skill, ball handling skills, guard play. Um, so what I'm looking for is hopefully they get a, a, a true PG. Second, and a shooter. I think they need a shooter, someone who can open up the paint, let Dawson go to work, let Pharrell go to work, let our guards be, you know, attack mode. I feel like we didn't really have that person who kind of took the pressure off of who opened up the paint for us. Um, so to have Dawson and Pharrell and, like, some of our guards be the best, they, you know, Ola Joseph be able to attack, we need to be able to somebody who can space the floor for us. Yeah, I agree. I think shooter, I think true PG. I think we just need somebody to go get you a bucket too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you just need yeah. somebody on your roster. I feel like we've all had those types of players in our careers, right? Like, you know, Trev, remember, like, Chip. A Chip Armour is a good example. You remember when Chip, like, would come in? You know, Chip just going to get you a bucket, right? Like, we don't talk about the name Chip Armour, but, like, we knew Chip. He's going to go there and get you one. You know what I mean? He's about that bucket, and it was like, <laughs> last year, I wish we had that, bro. But it was dope, you know, we had that type of player. It's like, who do we, who do we have like that? Can we go get somebody like that that – I don't even care if they don't play a lick of defense, right? They can be Jordan Clarkson out here just going and getting you one. Like, I think we can find – I think we can find that somewhere in transfer portal too. I mean, it's – I just know I was looking for that. I think we can all agree we were looking for that last year for somebody to get you one. I think – I mean, Jameson, that's what Jameson was forced last year. Yeah, exactly. Jameson was forced to do that last year, and that just wasn't – I think we saw a whole different game from Jameson last season as opposed to the season before, like – in a way, Peyton Willis to go get you a bucket before. You know what I mean? Like, there was guys. We need a Jalen Pickett. That's facts. We need a Jalen Pickett. That's facts. That guy can get a bucket, man. He's fun well, to like, back yeah, guy down and then just hits a jumper. I mean, <laughs> what? Trev said Jada Pinkett. I was like, what's she going to do to help us? I mean, she might make us look better, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> We like, uh, he's tough though. Like exactly, we need somebody like that. Yeah, we do. We I mean, that's how Marcus Starr was. I mean, the like, problem is, let's be honest. We're saying almost every, we're saying a bunch of players we need to get. We need a point guard. We need someone to get a bucket. We need a shooter, man. That's that's three out of the starting five guys. So hopefully, guys craft into that. But we need to get some. We need to get some more players, and we got some room now. No, for sure. I mean, well, we got like seven guys coming back, like currently, I think, on the roster right now, and then eight with Cam Christie. So, like, yeah, we need we need about four or five guys. So that's that's probably why we're saying it uh, that way. But yeah, we need veteran guys too, man. I think the veteran leadership is huge right now. Like, yeah, I'm curious your guys' thoughts on, and obviously, you want to just get the best player, obviously. But would you guys like to see a guy from like? Uh, I'm just using as an example, but. 
a guy that went to Duke that just didn't play and was on the bench, but there's a stud that could maybe, you know, play some minutes and a lot of minutes at Minnesota that's a little experienced. Or would you want or would you want a guy from say uh William and Mary that's a stud get putting up buckets to come and try to do it at the high you know, big ten. Why can't we have why can't we have both? I want both. Yeah, we can have four. Here, give me both. So if you know, because there's gonna be two type of players, right? One that's like a Jalen or uh Jameson Battle coming from a, a mid-major that puts up buckets and coming here and hopefully can do it. Being honest with how the social media stuff is, I'm gonna take the Duke player who maybe not playing up the potential because now it sells to your media. Yeah. You know, gets more hype. Now you get to bank on the potential that he could be, you know, live up to the potential that he had to get to a Duke or North Carolina or whoever, you know, big school. Mm-hmm. Also, if he could take a mid-major, I think that always works out well too. But you know, sometimes they can play up to the level, sometimes they can't, which we've seen. The problem, too, is with the transfer portal, luckily we have four or so spots or how many. I don't even know how many we have. But we don't have to be, like, picky, right? You know, if you have one spot left, you know, the coaching staff, hopefully you get multiple guys wanting to come, but you got to be a little picky, right? Well, we don't have to be – I mean, hopefully we're picky, but we don't have to be picky because we, we got to start just plucking guys as quick as we can get them here before they make another decision, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, for sure. Man, I think I would go after, like – I'd go after both, but, like, in terms of the player, when I said somebody to get you a bucket, I think we find that more so maybe in, like, that mid-major, almost juco range. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, like, that type of player, like, where they are averaging, like, 20, 20, almost 25 at that mid-major. Somebody's just going to go crazy and come and, come and get you one. And then I do think I take that that bench player at Duke, too. I think that is important. I feel like that might fall into the the shooter range or the – that maybe that point guard that we think can kind of control the pace and be steady. Um, I think though you're probably gonna find that type of player at Duke, right? But I think it depends. But we need both of them. We need a lot at this point. Um, we need a lot. But <laughs> but I think shooting's huge. Like, come on, man, let's look at it. The free throw shooting. Like, are we gonna talk about that this season? Like, and how bad that free throw shooting was. Like, I think that that's just direct correlation of experience of. Just lack of shooting, lack of focus, whatever that may be. But we need a lot. There's going to be a lot that needs to change next year. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited. I keep saying it, like Pharrell Payne, Josh Ola Joseph. Like, I'm excited about those two guys. I'm excited about those freshmen. Um, I think one you thing, know, too. Go ahead. Sorry, keep going back. I'll keep going. No, no, that was it. I was just going to say I'm excited about him. And then I was excited about Caden Betts. I feel like Caden Betts is someone we don't really talk about. You know what I mean? Like, he almost played this year. Like, what is he going to be like next year, too? So, I don't know. I'm excited at least about the people that are still in the locker room. We just need some veterans and some kind of some bucket getters to come in. Yeah. Like, our foundation isn't bad, but with the right pieces, it could turn to some, some something really good. I can see, like, Coach Johnson being in one of those Coach of the Year roles next year if everything goes according to plan based on how this year went and the improvements that they can make for next season. So you so you put it out there right now, Ben Johnson, 2023-2024 Big Ten Coach of the Year? They're going to double their amount of wins in the Big Ten. Mark me down. That's the that's, that's good. No, I hope it's more than double. <laughs> I promise. I, I really hope it's more than double, man. But I, I think they got it, man. I think, I think they can figure it out. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams just go up and down because it's just such a weird era right now. It's all about this transfer portal and whatever you have. So – We'll see what happens. At some point, the conversation, too, about this whole letter of intent and IL stuff. Like, at what point are you going to continue to steal players, players who are already committed? Like, does this turn to football? Well, a commitment don't really mean a commitment until 
the paper is actually signed. But even if it's signed, then you can kind of go back and say you don't want to go if another school offers you more money. Like, no, I agree, man. That that's and Trev, you and I were talking before this. It's like, I think they got to do something with the transfer portal. I mean, I think you can transfer once, and that's good. You don't have to sit out, and you can transfer again if you're coaching, you know, coach leaves or something like that. But if you transfer a second time, you know, I feel like they got to start sitting out or something. And I know getting an uproar of people doing this and, you know, saying that that's not right, but. It's not helping college basketball that people can just keep flip flopping every year. And I just, I don't think the basketball is going to be as good. Um, I agree with doing it once, doing it twice if a coach, coach leaves, but I don't know, doing it multiple times just because maybe things aren't going well or you want a different, um, you know, something else. I just, I struggle with that a little bit. No, I see, yeah, I see both sides too. I see both sides too. I mean, at, at some point, there are reasons, right? Trev, you needed to transfer for some specific reasons, but as a college player, man, we all know, like, keep it real, like, as a high school basketball player going into college, we got to turn into men. And, like, with that, you have to face adversity. And if you're able just to run from adversity at the first sight of it at any time, like, we're not really helping develop guys and teach them the right way that way. You know, sometimes, though, I'll keep it real, too. Coaches be on some BS, Right. They might promise something, but then they just might have something against that player when they get to campus. And there are rightful reasons. But I think more often than not, as young players, we're pretty naive and it's, it's usually us. You know what I mean? Like it's usually us. And so now the fact that you can just run right when you face adversity, like that's tough. that's tough for me to agree with. Yep. Yeah. And, and the Trev's you, you mentioned Trev, but, you know, I'm fine with what Trev did. You know, you do it once or whatever. You know, he was at Marquette, then he went to Juco, then he went you know, to the Gophers, right? You know, in this age, I feel like he should have been had to sit out, but it's more so like the multiple times, right? Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I struggle with that, but that's for another topic. It is. It is. I think at some point, man, we're, we're going to see soon here. NCAA might start implementing like employment contracts when it comes to this type of stuff. Like, because th- when it comes to these NIL deals, when it comes to, um, you know, being able to transfer at any time, like they might start putting these players under contract in some sort of fashion just because it has become such a wild, wild west. And, you know, you can't get them to commit to anything. So we might see it. It's starting to operate just like the pro leagues when it comes to the transfer portal. Right. So it's like, why wouldn't the administrations at these colleges start to act just like the front offices? and start to put in contracts with these college students, yeah. one year, two year, three year, four year deals. Like it's gonna happen soon. I think people are gonna get mad about it, but I think that's a slippery slope of giving, you know, guys and girls the opportunity to make money off their name, image, likeness, as well as being the, the transfer portal, essentially being like free agency right now, but actually looser. You know what I mean? It, it's gonna come to that. So it's gonna start coming to player bargaining agreements. It's gonna come to a lot of that. So it's interesting to see where this NCAA is going. Yeah, I guess it's just quickly, who owns the transfer portal? I've never been at it. Can you, is it like visible to see for anyone or do you need to like pay for a subscription or something? I was just thinking that this morning. I have no idea. I like want to see how monetize that. If it's going to get this big, like, shit, I, I should just come up with a company to, to monetize this thing because there's so many people. And I mean, this is like a huge business does the ncaa own it like where is this transfer portal is it a legit portal or is it just you throw your name out there on you know in the marketplace man all i know is anything 
closely related to the NCAA they own. So that's that. And <laughs> well, you guys don't know the answer either, though. You can't. Like, could we log in and see players in the transfer portal right now? I don't know. Trev, you know? That's funny. Yeah. Like, I'm just no picturing, idea. like, you have a login and a coach gets to log in and see all these players that are on the transfer portal, but maybe it's more so. It's learning website. You said what? Yeah. It might be on the NCAA or NCAA uh, website. I don't know. We need to figure that out. Whoever's listening, send us the link, man. Send us the link. Tag us on Twitter. Let us know where we can figure out this transfer portal situation. I want to see who's in it. And if there's not one, then we'll figure out how to monetize it. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's transfer portal era is interesting. But as far as the scouting report next year, man, I think we'll stay tapped in all summer long. We'll talk through, you know, what's going on, what's going on with the gopher recruiting. Um, and what, what we need to prepare for. But I think it's all clear. We need we need a lot more for this roster as well as we need to develop what we have here. So let's move on to the last segment here and wrap things up, man. Um, quick word on campus segment. Recently, I just put out a tweet that, you know, I think personally men's college basketball needs to move to four quarters versus the two half um, thing. So as you guys probably know, like women's college basketball is four quarters. Uh, you know, most of the majority of pro leagues is four quarters, as well as, you know, where I come from in Missouri, high school basketball is four quarters. I know in Minnesota is different. So I'll let you guys talk to it a little bit um, as well in a second here. But me personally, I just think it needs to move to four quarters. I think the the flow of the game, even when I'm watching, you know, women's college basketball, it just feels more like all the basketball I'm used to, right? When it comes to college, when it comes to a lot of the pro level. So I think the flow of the game for four quarters is a little bit better. Um, I think adjustment wise, like it's easier to see things within those four quarters to kind of make adjustments, you know, from a coaching perspective, even from a player perspective, it's almost like the, the half thing, it just kind of happens and you have to kind of make an adjustment and then it happens, you know? So that's how I feel about it. Um, I also just feel like for the continuity of basketball, like if you're, for me personally, I played quarters in high school, then I went to college. I obviously didn't go to the pro um, league and NBA or anything like that, but there was four quarters there too. So it's just like, why are they even different at this point? Um, and yeah, again, you know, the women's college game, it, it's moved to that four quarter format. And I think, I think it's made the flow of the game a lot better and more digestible for fans. So I wanted you two to maybe speak on it. I think you guys both play halves in high school. So maybe as you know, you have a different take on it, but what are your thoughts, Blake? Trev, you might you might have to refresh my memory, but did we play halves or quarters in high school? We uh we started with quarters, and then we moved to halves like our last two years in high school. Yeah, so we were quarters, not... we and then they added like oh. two minutes to each half for us. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's why I kind of like the quarters. To be honest, um, you know, I I don't know the rationale to go to halves. To be honest, I think maybe it was to speed up play. But in college, I mean, you got these TV timeouts all the time anyway, so I don't know how much you're speeding it up. I think four halves or yeah, four quarters are almost more of four mini games, which could help the game a little bit. So you know, from you know, a game of runs, it could slow that down. So maybe games are a little closer. I mean, honestly, you got four chances for a buzzer beater, that which could entertain fans a little more. Um, I think it would be interesting to go back to four quarters, to be honest. Um, but, um, yeah, I haven't really thought about it too much. 
I mean, the NBA's four quarters too. And, you know, obviously that's uh, one of the most watched sports in the world and, you know, they're doing the right thing. But um, my guess is they tried to speed up the game of college um, at some point, but, you know, at some point, I think a half, that's a really long time. I mean, if you think about it, Trevor, I don't know if you remember that, but like 20 minutes in a basketball game is a long time, especially when you got all these TV timeouts and stuff like that. So I feel like it would break up the game a little bit to have four quarters. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about much either, uh, but I agree with both of you guys. I, I like the quarters addition. But I guess for college, I prefer go moving the shot clock to 24 before moving the uh, quarters. I'd rather have a 24-second shot clock, if anything. I think uh, both. But- what about both? <laughs> Real? No, I think that'd be cool to have quarters and 24. I forgot about the shot clock. That's a good point. Well, I mean, if we're going to keep things aligned to how professional is and we're going to keep it equal across all the levels, then, you know, let's let's do it that way. I mean, for Shanley, I, I feel like, and I have no uh, no evidence of this, but my guess is they do a longer shot clock for college because maybe they don't have as good of players in college than pros, so we can't get shots up quick, you know, legit shots up as, as quickly. Um, so maybe that's why they give you a little more time to set your offense and get a better look and shot. So it'd be interesting to see if they went to 24 seconds in college, if the game would just be a lot sloppier or not. But, um, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Trip, real quick, and I'm interested. You don't, you don't have those guys that on the pros just getting buckets, right? You you can get a guy that go one on one and get a decent shot off in eight seconds, right? You got a couple of those guys in college, but they're not everywhere. Well, at least they take bad shots, anyways. At least we can get to speed the game up before the bad shot goes up. So we don't have to wait thirty seconds. <laughs> no, I think no, it's that- game up for sure, like you said. So we second though. I said I I could agree with you. I think it speeds the game up too. Yeah. We'll see. Wisconsin will have a tough time with it though. <laughs> no, but I, I I I like I like how it speeds the game up, man. I think I think I think it feels better. But I'm interested from your perspective, Trevor, real quick, because you coached a little bit this year. So you coached in half. Do you think it makes a difference? It's like from a coaching perspective, how is it from a game planning perspective? You know, having halves or even thinking if you had quarters. Um, you obviously get to change more and more after each quarter. If you're playing quarters, you have that time in between the first and second, second and third. In high school, you basically just have to you got to take advantage of your 30 second and four timeouts to get through your you know to process things with your your players. But uh, this was the first year we had shot clocks in Minnesota, so that definitely helped change the game more or less the the ending of the game, like the last eight minutes. Because you know a team has a six point lead with no shot clock, they're stalling, they're holding the ball. So it's been fun to kind of, you know, transition the shot clock to Minnesota high school basketball. It's It's been needed for the last 20 years. It's needed, man. It's something I think across high school basketball across the country, the shot clock is needed 100%. But, yeah, is man. It in Missouri? You said what? Does Missouri have the shot clock already? No. No, they do not. They do not. It's still slow-paced basketball. Hold it for like two minutes. No, not, not that long. But it's still too long. It's too long. It's way too long. All, all the teams needed across the states, though. But, yeah, man, appreciate y'all thoughts on it. But, fellas, I think that's all we need to kind of discuss today. Um, I think as we go into this offseason, like I talked about, we're going for fans. We'll stay tapped in. You know, we had Cam Christie on already. We might need to, you know, get Cam on, get a few more players on, just get some updates throughout the offseason, talk through about what's going on. Uh, as well as, you know, stay tapped into what's going on in this transfer portal. Hopefully we 
hopefully you get some gets here. It's almost, I feel like it's like a lottery, right? Like, and see every day, like, reach out to this guy, reach out to this guy. Like, all these transfer portal guys have, like, 10, 12 offers. So it's really a lottery. You know, hopefully win the raffle here or some on some big ones. But, yeah, man, I don't I don't know. I think I think we'll wrap it up with, you know, any two early predictions for the Gophers uh, finish next Big Ten season from either of you? Any of you willing to go out on that limb as we wrap up here, season one with the Gophers? I'll say we'll, we'll, we'll get eight. We'll get up to eight. Eighth place or eight wins? Place. Come on, Blake. I hope eight. I hope eight. <laughs> I hope more than eight wins. Eight wins in the Big Ten? I would, that would be good, man. Oh, I thought you meant overall. I thought you meant no, overall. No, no, no. Um, I, I like eight. I like eight. Eight or nine. Maybe you could sneak into the dance. How many how many tag teams made it in the dance this year? What seven or eight? No, I want to say eight. So, yeah, I think eight. I mean, quite honestly, I think you know. I got to see who, who we get in the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, they, we said <laughs> earlier, we need, we need some help. I mean, um, for so sure. I think if they get some, you know, one or two legit guys in that transfer portal, especially guards, I think that's going to be very beneficial to the team. It's going to help Garcia. It's going to help, you know, Parker Fox, Enan. It's going to help Payne. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can, uh, get a couple guys and, you know, I go to got to go to that uh, eighth place. You know, I'm not going to make it complicated. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say eight as well. I'm just going to go with eight. It seems right. It seems like it, it's going to be it. But like you said, I think we'll, we'll have to have another prediction as we see who we get in this transfer portal. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, though. But all right, fellas, appreciate your time, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Outside the Barn. Um, this will be the last official, you know, regular season go for basketball 2022-2023 outside the barn episode. Obviously not the season we all would have liked, but we're on this train. Let's let's keep it going. We're going to figure it out. We're going to grow it. And we'll tap back in with all you Gopher fans this offseason. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.